We're back to the Neil Haley Show, and my guest today is going to talk about how she created Fabulingua. Leslie Omana Beggard is the co-founder of Fabulingua. Leslie, thanks for stopping by, and uh, I'm excited to hear your story, especially hearing it off air, but now to tell all the listeners and viewers of my program more about your story. How are you? Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, good. All right, great. So can you tell us the story about how you decided to start Fabulingua? This is a really good story. So kind of break us down, break it down for us. Um, I, uh, well, I uh, grew up in a multilingual background myself. I was born in Greece, raised in Spain, uh, lived there until I was 13 and then moved to England. And I've ended up, uh, I, I speak four languages and I've ended up sort of living and traveling in, in, in lots of different countries in the world from China to, to Buenos Aires. And, and, and um, I really wanted my kids to have that kind of the world is a small place, you know, go, go explore it kind of um, mindset. And uh, so I really wanted them to speak a second language in particular you know, my background is that my family's from Venezuela. I was raised in Spain. So Spanish is very important to, to my side of the family. And I really wanted my kids to have access to their heritage roots um, through the, the language. Um, and really, it was kind of my experience. My son was about two years old uh, when I took him to visit my grandmother in Venezuela. And I realized, you know, gosh, he doesn't, he can't communicate with my family. And uh, I came back home and I was like, okay, I'm going to do something about this. Um, we didn't speak Spanish at home. And so I started looking around for, for things that would help me. Uh, and I couldn't find anything that was substantial. Everything I found was very lightweight, very, uh, very token. So um, learn your colors, learn your numbers, learn farm animals, like just memorizing flashcards of sorts. And, and I definitely speak enough language to know that that's not the same thing as, as really learning a language. Um, you don't learn a language by memorizing words. Um, so I really wanted something really substantial and I really started looking around and, and there was nothing for that age group for kids. There was a lot in the adult market, big names that we all recognize, but actually the, the children's market was really fragmented and, um, nothing, no substantial offerings. So really, I just started thinking about it and started thinking about how it's very well known that kids that are read to a lot in childhood in English go on to become much more proficient at English. And you can see that difference in their proficiency level when they're in college. And I was like, wow, if reading in early childhood is so effective that you can see the Delta in college, maybe it really helps you learn a second language, not just your mother language. And, um, uh, and that's really where I started, you know, really researching the impact of, of children's literature on learning a second language for children. Uh, and then developed my own methodology um, and eventually applied for a patent, got that about six months ago. And, and really the whole Fabulingua is based off that method that I developed with my kids um, based on, on children's literature. So tell us a little bit about the patent with kind of explaining it, because that really speaks to what Fabulingua is. Yeah. So, I mean, I um, the, the patent really kind of stems around... Um, one of the most important insights in the science of second language acquisition. Firstly, there's a difference between learning a language and acquiring a language, right? Learning a language is this real meta thing where you can learn things about the language 
Um, I, you know, an analogy I use, my son started playing a lot of baseball recently. So I've spent more and more time watching baseball. So I've learned a lot of things about baseball. I can probably now sit down and tell you about a batter's form, you know, where the elbows are, you know, what the hips are coming through at the right time. And I can tell you a lot of things about that, but that doesn't mean I'd be able to get up on the plate and hit the ball myself. Right. So there's that big difference between the muscle memory of what uh, an athlete does and knowing about it. And they're not the same and the same in languages. Right. There is a thing which is I can learn a lot about tell you a lot about the, the meta things of languages. And that's very different from actually speaking it because they're, they reside in different parts of the brain. And when you're trying to just speak it, you can't go and dig up, oh, what was the conjugation for this verb? You know, the person you're trying to talk to has left by then. Um, so knowing that difference, I was not interested in my kids basically being able to pass tests for Spanish. I wanted them to be able to communicate in Spanish. So I wanted them to acquire the language, not to learn the language. I really wasn't interested in how they're going to do in tests. I wanted them to be able to speak to their family. Um, so that's second language acquisition. It happens in a different part of the brain. And really the research there. Uh, there's a, a linguist called Stephen Krashen, who's probably like the, the, the founder of a lot of these insights and in this research. It basically showed that the only thing that mattered when acquiring the most important thing, the key thing when you're acquiring a second language is the amount of input that you get to the brain. I actually often draw this analogy to artificial intelligence, which we've all been bathed in recently, a lot of talk on AI and machine learning. And in the same way as we all know that in artificial intelligence and in machine learning, the only way you train the machine or the algorithm is through input. That's the only way it learns, right? Our, when we're acquiring a second language, the research has also showed that the only thing that matters is input, the amount of input that goes into, but it's got to have certain conditions. Similarly, when you do machine learn, when machines learn, you have to have a lot of data in the input and it has to be a certain quality of data we have all heard garbage in garbage out when you're training uh the algorithm it's the same with our minds there's a certain quality and that quality is that it must be comprehensible so the only thing that matters in second language acquisition the key is the amount of comprehensible input that you are getting into the mind of the, the brain of a learner and if you get a lot of it comprehensible input that is compelling that's the other quality then the mind, the brain will acquire that second language. Nothing to do with learning. That's just different. This is about acquisition so that you are able to communicate. And once I understood that, then it's a question of, well, how are you making input comprehensible? Teachers who teach through CI, through comprehensible input, which is the best practice of how to teach, uh, how to uh, have your students acquire a second language, they teach by using a lot of their bodies, a lot of energy, a lot of pointing, a lot of drawing, a lot of images. So, mi cabello es negro. ¿Qué más es negro? Mi pantalla de mi teléfono es negro. Well, it's just turned on, so it wouldn't work. But, and you do a lot of pointing. Well, these teachers kind of run out of things to point at in the classroom. So they go home and they kind of scour the internet for images or they do a lot of drawing on a whiteboard to make things comprehensible. We make things comprehensible through our patented technology, which basically uses simultaneous translation to temporarily make that page of a children's story comprehensible. So if you imagine all our text is in, um, is in the target language 
And as we read, the narrator reads the text, they weave in the simultaneous translation, which is only spoken, it's never written. So it's never a permanent crutch. It gives you a temporary understanding of what that page is about. And that's sufficient to make it comprehensible input. Uh -huh. So for example, it would say, el perro se fue, the dog went, a la playa, to the beach. Y se encontró, and he met, un tiburón, a shark. And at that point, the kid doesn't much care if he understood the Spanish or the English. It's kind of like a big mess in his head, but he understood the story. Therefore, the power of story takes over and they're engaged. This input is comprehensible. They understand, roughly speaking, what that page is about. And that's what comprehensible input requires. It requires that you understand the gist of what's going on. And once you understand the gist, that input is sufficient if you keep on being exposed right. to that comprehensible input to really start the language acquisition process. And so Fabiolingua, kind of explain Fabiolingua in, I guess, short terms to kind of understand what makes it, what is the software and what it let the app and all that, explain it uh, for people that are interested. Because again, I spoke to your, the co-founder, your husband, Mark, and Mark explained a little bit like Pokemon in certain aspects, the kind of a game type of thing, kind of explain that. So yeah, we have taken our patented approach that turns children's illustrated stories into comprehensible input. We've actually put, the, put it in a mobile game because we understand one of the most important things is that the input should be compelling. Um, that is key. The research has shown key to second language acquisition. So what more compelling for a child than a mobile game? Um, that's where they all kids want to be. They want to be on their devices and they love playing games. So we've really turned these children's stories that are the vehicle of comprehensible input into a compelling mobile game. It's got all sorts. You're in a journey through an island. You're unlocking different parts of the world as you do that. And you're earning keys. These keys own open treasure chests that are full of playing cards. And there's a card battler, which is kind of like a Pokemon for language learning card battler with beautiful kind of characters that have different, uh, different health and different personalities, different strengths, and different way to battle each other. Um, so yes, it's, it's kind of combining the power of stories and the power of mobile gaming to deliver comprehensible input for uh, children to learn a second language. And it helps parents, but also is helping teachers as a newer layout soon going to come out, rollout's going to come out for teachers so that they can do that for their classrooms as already parents can kind of lead them through one-on-one -on -one with their kids, right? That, yeah. So right now, the version that we have right now, uh, the mobile game is, is the idea is it's for independent learning. You don't need to know the language yourself. You just basically, you know, set the kid starts playing and, and they learn themselves. Um, we are developing a teacher dashboard right now, um, and uh, the idea is then that the teacher will be able to onboard and roster entire classes. She'll be able to follow the progress of all of her children. She'll be able to see what are they struggling with. She'll be able to hear their recordings. She'll be able to see exactly which words they're, 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 they're having issues with, um, and uh, she'll be able to make very custom assignments for the kids depending on, on what's going on there. Or... She can also plug and play and let the gaming algorithm take over. It really, it depends on, on how that teacher wants to, to run her class. And that's coming out soon, but the best place to go is go to your website, which is? Uh, fabulingua.com, F-A-B-U-L-I-N-G-U-A.com, fabulingua.com. And yes, um, if you are a teacher and you're interested in having uh, this in your classrooms, sign up for our waiting list and uh, we'll let you know as soon as we've got something that's available for you. All right. Sounds good, Leslie. Look forward to talking to you again. All right.
Thanks. Okay. All right. You're listening and watching the Neil Haley Show. We'll be back in just a moment. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.